Hi, listeners. We have a special perk just for you, just for being a fan of the podcast. Visit Shoot the Moon at 8155 Longpoint and receive a free order of the black garlic cheesy bread. Ooh, it's packed with umami flavor thanks to house-made black garlic butter and melted mozzarella Swiss and Gruyere cheeses. It's a personal favorite of our host Phaedra Cook, and it'll be a personal favorite of you, too. Just tell them that Houston Food Finder sent you, and we hope you enjoy this free offer. This is Houston Restaurant News Today from HoustonFoodFinder.com. Today, editor and publisher Phaedra Cook talks to Melanie Perkins Morris of Mama Dot Sweet Shop. Whether you pronounce it praline or praline, you'll call it delicious and we'll tell you how to get you some. But first, what do restaurant owners need to know about social media? There's a lot more to it than just setting up a couple profiles. Eric Tung talks with Phaedra about good practices and when to know when it's time to get help from a professional. Now on Houston Restaurant News Today. Hi, Eric. Hey, Phaedra. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast to share your social media expertise. I know that there are a lot of restaurant owners who need this. You know, when they go into business to start a restaurant, not necessarily be a a social media expert. Yeah, exactly. And especially here in Houston, there's so many great establishments. There's Uh, A lot of turnover. It's a really difficult environment. So restaurant owners really need to do everything they can to make sure they can set themselves apart and really just showcase what makes them unique. In between when I worked for Houston Press as the food editor and restaurant critic and when I started Houston Food Finder, I did PR for a couple of places. Mm -hmm. And one of them was Kitchen 713. And so I was doing PR and media relations and you were doing the social media. If you have people doing PER and media and social or marketing or uh, something like that, you want to make sure that they all do talk to each other so that they know all the different things going on and that they're all on the same page. Absolutely. And I think some restaurant owners don't understand that not only that those people need to function as a team, but there is a distinct difference between social media management and PR and media relations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and both pieces are super important to how uh, marketing and, a, you know, a restaurant functions. From the PR side, you have people who are going to be, uh, you know, media sources, newspapers, um, TV morning shows, and you have a really kind of controlled message and you want to get yourself in front of these media organizations on the social media side it's a lot more user-generated content and people-powered media and it's a lot more free form but both of those pieces are really important to making sure that people out there know what you're all about tell me how you got into this business Ooh, well, I was one of the first couple million um, Facebook users. I graduated from the University of Texas with a degree in marketing in 2005. And back then, it was thefacebook.com. And you need to have a uh, university email address at an Ivy League university or the University of Texas. Uh, UT was the first non-Ivy League campus that Facebook opened up to. And I signed up one of the first uh, opportunities I had. So I... I started marketing. I started on Facebook, and um, I worked for an energy company in 2008 called 
um, GDF Suez. It became NG, and I started their uh, social media as a marketing marketing analyst there and just kind of continued um, creating social media programs for different companies just all throughout Houston. Wow. I didn't realize you were an OG Facebook user. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have restaurant clients, mm -hmm. but that is not the only type of company that you work with. What are some of the other industries that you work with? Yeah, I've worked with uh, energy, um, business services, HR and recruiting software. I worked at uh, BMC Software as their uh, senior manager of recruiting marketing. There, I was in charge of promoting our job openings and uh, bringing on more talent through a marketing platform. And then also, you know, I've, I've done content marketing, I've done SEO, so just kind of all, all sorts of different types of uh, organizations. Yeah, you sound like you've got a really well-rounded base of experience. Whenever we start working with a new social media manager, we always mm -hmm. initially throw them for a loop because we are media. And so mm -hmm. our messaging needs are different than, say, someone who's selling a product or yeah. you know, a service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for restaurants as well. They mm -hmm. have unique needs for their social media. So let's yes. dive into some of your tips. Sure. I think the first thing when you think about social media is to really kind of widen your lens. Don't just think about what can I post on Facebook or Instagram, but also, you know, kind of find out where your audience is. You know, if you are super upscale, are you going to be posting on TikTok? Because that's going to be a little bit more of a younger audience, generally speaking. But also, not only what social media platforms are you on, but are you fully utilizing all the different places that your business is represented? So you want to go look at your Google My Business because you want to make sure you have good, high-quality photos. Make sure you have your menu listed. Do you have your open table integrations on your website or on Google or on Yelp. If you're on DoorDash or another delivery service, you know, do you have good photos there? Is it easy to make sense of what you're trying to say? So I was ordering at a, a seafood restaurant online one time and their ordering platform was just super complex. You had to choose, uh, you know, three different kinds of seafood and you could get crab clusters or you can get fish and I couldn't figure out if I was being charged extra for certain items or the sauces or so just go through your own ordering platform and make sure everything makes sense think about how hard uh you know like think about what my mom might be having to go through when she's ordering on her phone right you want to make it as simple as possible to get through the process in in, uh, in order with your uh with your restaurant that's um, right it's like don't make me think you know? Exactly, exactly. They're not going to put up with a complicated ordering system. They're just going to bail. What are some don'ts? Because I, I know that sometimes restaurant owners that are mm -hmm. having to bootstrap their own social mm -hmm. media. Yeah. Are there things that you see restaurant owners post that they really shouldn't? Um, I think you want to really, um, well, especially right now, I know there's a lot of kind of, 
uh, a lot of people are posting like, hey, we don't have enough employees and people are quitting. And like, I, I would say like that kind of puts a little bit of uh, a negative light on the situation. I, I like to think that, you know, when I was working for a restaurant, you know, we we're all kind of a family, right? If front of house was having a bad day, someone might help pick them up. And, you know, it was all kind of a big, big family together. So try and put a positive light on that. Don't post negative things like we don't, we're not fully staffed today. So we're only seating three quarters of the restaurant or something like that can help set some expectations for your customers, but also, also, you know, does kind of put a negative light on some of the employees sometimes. I would also say don't create a social account if you're not going to maintain it. You know, if you are on Facebook, you should be checking your Facebook app regularly to see if someone's messaging you. Are they asking you, what are your uh, happy hour specials? Or do you have a particular, you know, can you take a reservation through uh, Facebook Messenger? Even if you can't, you should still respond to them and say, hey, please call us. We'll be happy to take down your information. You know, you don't want to be that company that you, that people are messaging and no one's answering. So uh, those are definitely probably, you know, a couple don'ts. Absolutely. And yeah, for the example that you gave, instead of sharing kind of those insider baseball back of house problems, Mm -hmm. if they wanted to say something about how customers need to have a little patience, they could say something like, we are really busy today and orders are taking a little longer than usual. If you could please Mm -hmm. have some patience, we would certainly appreciate it. Something like that. Or even, you know, hey, we're we're uh, we're expanding our family. We'd love to have, you know, three more people join our team. Here's some information. Get give us a call. So, you know, you can you can definitely um, maybe even turn it around uh, the other way. That's true. I mean, that's a that could solve the problem right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some other things? Well, here's a question. One of the things I personally, as a business owner, find extremely challenging is Mm -hmm. just making the time and and being consistent as far as, you know, posting consistently. Mm -hmm. Do you have some tips on how a busy restaurant owner might fit this into their day? Absolutely. I would look at a social media management platform. My favorite one is Sprout Social. And for, I think think between $49 a month and $149 a month, depending on how many social media channels you have, it will make it so you can schedule posts for all your different social media platforms in one place. And it also funnels all of your messages into an inbox as well. So you can have one inbox for if someone uh, comments on a Facebook post, if someone messages your Facebook if someone replies to a tweet, if someone direct messages you on Twitter, if someone messages you on Instagram, or if someone comments on Instagram, all of that goes into one place. So you can sit down and knock that, all that out in one place. That sounds like a great idea. And I'll have to check that out for myself. I'd used a competing platform and wasn't as thrilled mm-hmm. with it because it didn't seem to allow for, you know, we tag a lot of people and mm-hmm. people will have different yes. handles on Instagram versus Facebook versus yes. Twitter. And you have to be able to customize for each platform. Yes. And I think it didn't allow for that. And that was what I found frustrating. Yeah. So I'll have In to those check cases, this one. Yeah. On Sprout Social, it's the same way. So 
uh, you would have to schedule a LinkedIn post or a Facebook post or a Twitter post or an Instagram post to, to tag those uh, handles independently. That's good um, to know. And then um, if, if 49 or 149 is a little bit outside of the budget, uh, there's another platform called Buffer, and I think they do offer something like three Last I saw, they were three um, channels and up to 10 posts scheduled for free. So that's uh, another platform you can use. If you are only on Facebook, Facebook does allow you to schedule natively on Facebook as well, just on its own. So if you're only on Facebook, you can schedule just on, on Facebook for free. That's awesome. And yeah, we use the Facebook pre-scheduling capability a lot because when we publish an article, we share it more than once. And it's great to be able to pre-schedule that and plan it out. What are what are some other tips that you could share on how restaurant owners could best promote their brand and entice customers to actually come in? So I think kind of along the lines of scheduling still, good images are really important. I use a, an app called Canva, uh, C-A-N-V-A, and they do have a web version as well as a phone app. And so with Canva, they do have housed in their platform all the different standard social media image sizes. So you can say, I want to make a, uh, an Instagram post, or I want to make a Facebook header, or I want to make a tweet, and it'll tell you all the different things. You know, it'll give you the right size, but then also you can use your own images, your own fonts and colors, or they also have a library of images you can use too. So if you're creating, you know, holiday posts, Christmas, Thanksgiving posts, Hanukkah, whatever, you can use their elements as well as your own logos or photos or pictures of, you know, dishes and things like that. You can combine them all together and um, make make images that way. And that's such a great point about the photo quality. Yes. We beat we beat that drum all the time with mm-hmm. restaurants that it's like it's it is worse to post a poor quality photo than it is to post no photo. Yes. And the number one tip I have when it comes to photos is good lighting. So if you you can use if you have two phones, you can turn on the flashlight on another phone and hold it up above a dish. And it'll just give you kind of this air of, it's almost like a jewelry case or something. If you've ever been to the the Museum of Natural Science, right, they have that jewelry hall. It kind of reminds me of that, where you have that spotlight just right over. They have jewels there, obviously. But you can do the same thing with your own dishes, where you just have a little extra bit of light that brings out that contrast. It brings out the textures, all the different great like ingredients and things. You can see a whole lot uh, better. Uh, a lot of rest, you know, especially a lot of kitchens aren't very well lit. So if you have maybe a small ring light, you can get a battery powered ring light. Or if you have like an extra phone or device, you can turn that flash on. And usually I'll try and have it either above the dish or at some kind of angle. And you can create just these dramatic lighting um, situations with your photos. Absolutely. And, that, and yeah, kitchen lighting tends to be either very blue, like back mm-hmm. in the kitchen, or mm-hmm. if you're, you know, it's like don't ever shoot under the pass because there's usually those infrared lights there mm-hmm. and they, they mm-hmm. cast that red glow and yes. that doesn't work. New, mm-hmm. Daylight is great. I mean, if somebody yes. could carry that plate out of the kitchen, go set it on a table and shoot it in natural light, mm-hmm. that's usually mm-hmm. the best thing. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's a great point about the overhead light to really kind of light mm-hmm. up the center of the dish. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Absolutely. 
Thank you for sharing these. What else yeah. would you like for restaurant owners to know? I really love learning from the chefs too. Like, obviously, you know, they, they have this passion for food, for flavors, for ingredients, for freshness. Talk to your chefs and put, to, put a video together. Talk about, do you have holiday uh, cocktails that are special? Do you have special dish that's coming in? Here in Houston, we have crawfish season and we have like hatch chili season. And we have, you know, kind of all these different mixes of flavors and ingredients. And so there's always something new to kind of, to get into. Talk about that, you know, uh, at Kitchen 713, I learned so much from the chefs there because I got to see how they make sausage, how they brine turkey, how they, you know, create all these great uh, flavors there. And it was wonderful to kind of share that passion through video onto the uh, social media platforms. And it gives your restaurant kind of something special and something unique for people to look forward to. It's not just another chain restaurant in a strip center somewhere. It's really something unique that has a person and a personality behind it. So, you know, people buy from other people that they know and that they trust and that they like. So if you can build that trust, if you can build that relationship with your social media audience, you have that ability to really connect with them on a different level. At what point should a restaurant owner move from either trying to do social media themselves or trying to get an in-house employee to do it, when should they move from that to actually retaining a professional? I think it kind of depends on budget. So, you know, a lot of times if you are trying to place like Facebook ads, uh, it helps to get a professional just because there's some targeting involved. You don't want to be placing an ad for the entire United States. You want to make sure that that's targeted for, you know, 10 or 20 miles from your location, maybe even even less than 20, 10 or 15 miles maybe. Or if you just feel like you need some help, I think you know there are some great social media people. You can expect to spend probably between, depending on you know how often they're posting for you and how much content they're creating, it could be as low as maybe three or $400 up to um, $1,000 or even more, depending on how much uh, they're working with you. So um, if you have that kind of budget and you're starting to build a following on social media, if you want to kind of up-level your videos, your images, all of that, then you definitely should consider probably a social media professional. Yeah, it's like if they have the means, don't, don't put that off too long because like what we mm -hmm. talked about at the top of the podcast, they, they've gotten to business to run a restaurant and mm -hmm, being... Mm -hmm. You know, being able to unsaddle themselves from having to be the, the jack of all trades all the time, mm -hmm. it, it's going to ultimately, it's going to help their business. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you're, you're planning menus, you're, you're ordering ingredients and all those types of things. There's tons of things that are going on. Social media people can help make sure that your posts are quick to the point, draw people in, are they engaging? So you just, if you have that, that you need, if you have, if you have that need, then that uh, is something that, you know, someone, uh, someone can definitely help you out with. Before we go, are there any last things that you would like for them to know? I would say, you know, just once again, just take a look at your kind of entire online persona. Take a look at how easy it is to 
order or reserve a table or you know make sure your website and phone numbers are correct a lot of times you won't look at your phone number on google or on yelp so just make sure all that information is correct uh, make sure your pin on facebook it it shows you where they think you are but you could be you know half a block away Make sure your pin is correct on Facebook. On, um, on, on the Facebook map, correct? Yeah, on the Facebook map, exactly. Mm-hmm. I would say also use Facebook events. Facebook events are really, really powerful in that Fader and I are, are Facebook friends. If I, if I RSVP that I'm going to an event, it will also recommend that to go to it'll also recommend that event for my facebook friends as well so i uh, did some work for moody gardens for a while and they had uh, when i joined they had no facebook events at all they only promoted their website uh on facebook and i said you know what i think we really need to create a facebook event for every single event we have and so once we started doing that we got something like two or three million in- event impressions in the course of of our, the holiday season just because we created these events and people were sharing them and tagging them, uh, tagging their friends and inviting people to the event. So uh, if you have a restaurant, if you have, uh, if you can host events, an art exhibition, a hot sauce festival, a uh, you know, even if it's something internal, if it's happy hour, if it's uh, if you if you have a, uh, I know um, a lot of like breweries do a lot of different events too. Uh, if you are putting a like the Super Bowl on or something, you can create a Facebook event that talks about that, so it will go out to the people that follow you and to their friends as well. That's true. And it does. It gets one of those things that, you know, of course, people are always complaining about posting and it doesn't show up mm-hmm. in people's Facebook feeds because Facebook yes. has an algorithm that it decides what to show to people and what's mm-hmm. not. And Facebook events is one of those things where Facebook seems much more inclined to show those to other people. And like you said, friends mm-hmm. of each other than just kind of your general post on your feed. Yes, absolutely. And you can actually copy the link to the Facebook event and then post that on your own Facebook page again and it will give you a uh, it'll give you a Facebook post that you can RSVP directly from the Facebook post. So, uh if you click through to the event and then copy the link from the top of the page or if you're on your phone, you can click share and then copy. And if you paste that link into a Facebook post on your page, it'll give you that event again, but it'll give you the ability to RSVP uh, right from that post. So it's almost like its own little widget on, on Facebook. Yes, and there are so many things that restaurant owners can use Facebook events for. They can use them for wine dinners. Maybe some kind of pop-up, or if you have a guest, some kind of collaboration with a, a chef or a special a special wine pairing, a special brewery uh, invitation or something. Like you can, There's lots of different things that you can think of that, that uh, could be great for a Facebook event, for sure. Eric, you're very well-spoken. You have lots of great ideas, and I really appreciate you spending time on the podcast with me. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, check out my website at erictung.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-T-U-N-G. And uh, I'm basically Eric T. Tung everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can find me in any of those places. Yeah. And even your email is eric at ericttongue.com. You got it. 
All right. Thanks so much for sharing these tips. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Hi, listeners. We have a special perk just for you, just for being a fan of the podcast. Visit Shoot the Moon at 8155 Longpoint and receive a free order of the black garlic cheesy bread. Ooh, it's packed with umami flavor thanks to house-made black garlic butter and melted mozzarella Swiss and Gruyere cheeses. It's a personal favorite of our host Phaedra Cook, and it'll be a personal favorite of you too. Just tell them that Houston Food Finder sent you, and we hope you enjoy this free offer. Hi, Melanie. Hi, how are you? I think right off the bat, we've got to get some clarification for our readers and our listeners. Is it praline or praline? Depends on where you're from. <laughs> we say praline, but again, praline, praline is all the same. They all, it, it all tastes the same. So you say you say praline. I actually say praline. You say praline. All right. Yeah, yeah when I was. When I was growing up, my, my Texan family, they would say praline. Uh-huh. And I think that's just kind of a, a Texan thing. You put a hard A on everything. But when I talked with people actually from Louisiana, they were like, no, it is praline. Probably. So very interesting. <laughs> now, you have uh, used some of your grandma's recipes with what you do, correct? Yes. Actually, I started um... – we started in our kitchen about about almost forty wow time flies almost four years ago. But um I originally started when I was like six years old holding on to my grandma's skirt in the kitchen. So um it, I this recipe has been in our family for I don't know, eighty plus years past that it's still it's still my mom, but it was fast to me and I kinda, you know, picked up her technique so And you're originally from Baton Rouge? Yes. Now, what brought you to Houston? Um, actually, I just I just up and moved one day. I I uh I kind of just left, <laughs> just decided to go for it. Like I'm gonna relocate. I was going through a, a a bad breakup, and I had a daughter, and I just decided to I wanted a fresh start. What attracted you to Houston as opposed to maybe somewhere else? You know, um, my plan was always to move to New York, but when I visited, it was too cold, which is kind of too cold today in Houston, but uh, <laughs> I um, I love Houston. It's just like it's, you get that big city feel, but you also get that homely southern, you know, feel as well. Your your company is Mama Dots Sweet Shop. I guess Ma- Mama Dots is your grandmother, Dorothy. My grandma, Dorothy, is Mama Dots herself. She's still, she's still here with us. Um, she's, like, so ex- excited about me venturing off, you know, trying to build mom with that <laughs> that's uh, that's wonderful and you do you have a you don't have a storefront yet correct no i do not have a storefront yet but we have partnered with about 20 plus grocery stores and restaurants around houston and new orleans and baton rouge and we also um got our uh, recently partnered with walmart marketplace so we've had good breach with that um partnership it's actually really difficult to get in with Walmart. So that's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you. Are, is Walmart selling online only or are you in Walmart stores also? No, I'm online only for now. We've been online for about, about eight months and it's doing well. So my goal is to eventually get into the stores. Because so you're in some other stores too? Yes. We've um, partnered with about 20 plus 
local like grocery stores, specialty stores, uh, farmers markets. We're in um, A Bears um, specialty store. We're in Pie Burns, uh, Midway, uh, Buds, Blake's. We're in a couple of stores and restaurants. And we we've gotten excellent feedback. Like we literally can't keep the candy on the shelves. I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Yeah, I, I saw on your website you had a an embedded Instagram post, and it said. Mama Dot Sweet Shop got that New Orleans crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went crazy. Like this is they were they literally were dancing while they were eating. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> I am I am also a, a huge lover of pralines. I mm-hmm. find them absolutely addictive. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have been dancing too. I'm sure. What do you, what is the secret to great pralines? The secret to great pralines, I would have to say, um, if you gotta love what you do, you have to put your, you know, put all, put your all in it. Like, I love making these candies and I love to see people's excitement when they eat them. So, um, this, this is a little secret ingredient of love. These are the classic crispy, creamy type of pralines, correct? Yes, they're, um, they actually are, I would say they're one of a kind because, um, they they literally don't taste like we have we got a couple other secret ingredients that I can't share but uh <laughs> no no don't give away those <laughs> they 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 just it's just like the a perfect combination of all of the ingredients and they they literally melt in your mouth I saw photos of your praline brownies yes I was actually just playing in the kitchen one day and I'm like I was making you know homemade brownies for the family and then I'm like let me try to put some praline on top of these and. My husband and my daughters like went crazy. They like they couldn't leave. They couldn't stop eating them. They kept getting. They were like up and down, like going back. I'm like, y'all, can you get another brother? Like it's so good. <laughs> it's so oh, genius. These are your brownies that you've poured a a. Is it the same as the praline candy, or is there kind of a modification you do to it to make it more of a frosting? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a modification. So you just slow down the cook, cooking uh, process and, and make it more of a, like a, not really a liquid, but a, kind of like a frosting, yeah. We take the um, chocolate chip um, homemade brownie and then put the praline frosting on top and just drizzle it, and it's like, it's like heaven. Yeah, so people need to go to mama.sweetshop.com and go to the shop page and take a look at the photos of the Louisiana praline brownies, and they just look absolutely incredible. And you can ship these, too. Yes, we are, we offer shipping on the praline brownies and the praline cakes as well. We do a uh, praline pound cake. It is. <laughs> they call it the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's on the website as well on the yes. shop page. Yes. And it looks like they're not in stock right now, but you have an interesting thing called a 7-Up cake. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Louise, seven up cake is oh my god! Like I'm, I'm a sweet fanatic, so if I get excited about sweets, <laughs> I've actually never heard of a seven up cake. What can you tell me about the history? Oh wow, um, I've had them my whole life. It's just uh, it's pretty much a lemon cake with a seven up frosting. Um, like a lemon pound cake with a seven up frosting and it's a vanilla seven up frosting. It's it's divine. Mm. And then you also 
sometimes have the uh, the praline sweet potato pies. Yes. We are uh, potato praline sweet potato. I mean, we we pretty much do anything praline. I I also have a almond praline, a chocolate praline, a for the holidays we do um, a pumpkin spice praline. So. An almond praline. Now that's really interesting because of course traditionally people use pecans. Yes. But oh, almond sounds terrific too. Almonds, and when it when they uh, the French came to Louisiana, they started using pecans because of the you know the plentiful pecan trees. But it started out as an almond. I did not know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. See, I'm learning all sorts of stuff here. Mm-hmm. And what, there's, are there some challenges in shipping some of the baked goods? Like, what do you have to think about when you ship those? Um, there had there was challenges, but we kind of we, we kind of uh, ironed out the kinks. But um, basically, the um, I would say more of the the handling of the packaging was the problem. So now we, um, you know, we of course we ensure everything, but we, um, you know, use the um, the fragile labels and try to, you know, try to keep them from, you know, throwing the boxes. <laughs> yeah, and of course you've only got so much control over your shipper. And we do offer, we do two uh, two to three day shipping, so we try to do priority and get it to you, you know, in a in a fair amount of time. What did you do professionally before you opened Mama Dot Sweet Shop? Um, I kind of have an array of, back, of a background of accounting. Um, <laughs> I did mostly accounting. Um, I do have some procurement, so it kind of worked out with my with starting a business actually. I was going to say, both of those are excellent skills for yeah. someone starting their own business. It's fantastic. Of course, I um, didn't know what I was doing. I just literally woke up with the idea, like, I should start, you know, because I actually I bought some candy in the store, and I'm like, I really could sell this candy. Like, nothing has compared as of yet that I've tasted. So that's where I got the idea to start the business. Now, are you – I know sometimes with the agreements with restaurants, they kind of don't want to say, like, well, we didn't actually make these in-house. But are you, are you able to mention any restaurants that you're supplying to in the Houston area? Um, yes, I can um, – I know Blake's Barbecue, they hamburgers and barbecue, um, these Cajun Eats, um, like I said, A-Bears, Pie Burns, um, a couple of them I do have like a a private uh private label ingredient uh mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can't mention but we're in a couple of um bakeries as well. When you first started the business, what were some of your challenges? Some of my challenges were um I had a pro- a challenge with the shipping. I had to figure that out because they were, you know, um breaking up and things in in the pro- in the shipping process, so we we figured out a way to um, you know, stop that with the Securing the packaging with whether it's um, bubble wrap or you know the p- packing peanuts, um, just just learning the business side because, like I said, I do have an accounting and procurement background, but just I don't have a business background. So just learning the business, it was it was challenging at first, but it's it's moving out now. Now, besides your grandma, who I I know still helps you out. How who all is part of your team? Are you doing a whole lot of this yourself, or do you have kind of you know a group of employees that help? 
Um, a kind of like a family team. I do have a, a couple. I have two employees, but I also have my family, my husband, my daughters, my um, like my grandma will help when she can. Of course, she can't do that much, but uh, my mom helps sometimes. Um, and I have a, a couple of contractors. So mainly, that sounds like a very family-oriented business. Oh yeah, definitely. Most what are you, What are your dreams for the business? Where do you ultimately want to go? My dreams, um, I would say to introduce the world to uh, the Louisiana praline because so I think about 20 million people travel to New Orleans per year, you know, seeking pralines, but a lot of the other, you know, the other regions of the world don't really know what pralines are. So my goal would be to introduce the world to pralines. So if someone lives in the Houston area and they want to get uh, both the pralines and the praline brownies to try. Mm-hmm. Is the best way for them to do that to order from the website and have them shipped, or is there a place for that would be easy easy for them to pick up? Um, well, like I said, we're in a couple of, of stores around Houston, um, um, A Bears, Pyburns, Midway, um, Buds. But um, we also, they could also order on the website, www.mama.sweetshop.com, or they can find us on um, Walmart Marketplace. But um, I would say for the pralines and the brownies, the praline brownies, um, our website. That's that's probably the easiest way for them to be able to try both, because that's what I would want to do. (laughs) I would want to try both the the pralines and the brownies, because... I love pralines, but the brownies look irresistible. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Is there anything else that you would like for our listeners to know? I would just say just give us a try. Um, you know, thank you for having us, first of all. But um, just give us a try. I guarantee you you may have had a praline, but you haven't had a praline like Mama Dot. Thank you so much for joining me and for spending time with me. And I wish your business all of the success in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.